Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores. J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dunk! Here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the five. Touchdown, Colorado State. What's up, Buttercups? Happy Tuesday. We're back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. Excited to talk about what's going on around the Colorado State campus. I normally we do this podcast on Mondays. Have been going through a, a change though. Actually, finally got a new laptop. So over the last couple of days, it's been the process of trying to get everything re-downloaded. What a nightmare! Signing into every like having to re-sign into everything is. It's it's an absolute nightmare process. I used to make fun. I used to make fun of older people because, you know, like my dad, my grandpa, my aunts and uncles, basically everyone over like the age of, I don't know, maybe like 35, I feel like has this little notebook where they just write down the password to everything. And I used to clown on my dad like, oh, you can't remember a couple of passwords. Well, that joke was maybe valid in like 2011 where you only had to remember you know, like a couple of your email, your Facebook, maybe like some banking stuff. And that was pretty much it. Well, nowadays we have logins for like freaking everything. And I always underestimate that. I got a new phone a while back and it was the same deal. It was like, holy crap, you forget how many passwords you truly have to fill in for everything. I'm one of those guys who tries to to update stuff, tries not to do the same password for everything just for security purposes. So for me, it's it's an extra nightmare. It's not like I just have to remember one. I'm trying to remember like, when did I sign up for this site? Like it was around this time of year. Oh yeah, I was using this password at the time. It's It's a nightmare to be honest, but I'm so stoked to finally have a new computer, even though my bank account probably does not agree with me. So big, big day for old JTM over here. Big couple of days, I should say. It's been a big couple of weeks for CSU Athletics. We're kind of to the point now where all of the spring seasons are, they're in full swing. So there's going to be plenty to talk about today. Going to go around the campus, update you on what's happening with the various squads. After that, we're going to briefly talk about the uh, Tuesday night showdown against the Aztecs. Uh, Because this is a Tuesday podcast, I'm not really going to spend a ton of time on that because a lot of folks probably uh, won't have time to listen before that game. But we'll obviously cover that game in its totality. Uh, We'll have plenty of coverage regarding the matchup against the number five Aztecs, the no longer undefeated Aztecs. But before we continue here, I do need to mention that the DNVR Rams podcast is presented by Bojo's Pizza. My birthday's not until June, but I'm telling you, I think I'm going to have my birthday party at Bojo's Pizza. Why? The honey cheese bread, folks. The honey cheese bread. Right now, all you got to do is tell them DNVR sent you, purchase an entree, and you're going to get a free honey cheese bread. This is a deal you can't pass up. If you're like me, pizza's great. You need it. You need it to live, really, to function. But if you're going to go out and like actually do the dine-in experience, it's all about the ambiance. You got to soak it all in, really make it worth it. That's why you get the appetizer to just you know make it a whole event. You get to spend more time with your loved ones. You get to chow down on some delicious local product. 
Shout out to Bojo's Pizza. Got a ton of love for those folks. Word, word up, word to your mother, all of those fun phrases. <laughs> Let's jump right into it here. CSU Men's Golf. They've really been a program on the rise over these last couple of seasons. It was a successful weekend for the Rams, who finished fourth at the Wyoming, at the Wyoming Desert Intercollegiate. This was a three-day, 54-hole team tournament hosted by the University of Wyoming. It was played at the Classic Club in Palm Desert, California. I guess that makes sense. Like, if you're Wyoming, you can't really host right now. I mean, look at how brutal it is outside in Colorado. Can't even imagine what the wind is like up in old Laramie. Pretty sure 287 North was actually closed today. One of those classic winter wonderland, whatever you want to call it. It's not really a wonderland if you're in Wyoming. It's more like, I don't know, what's like the generic awful version of a theme park, <laughs> something like that. But um, the Rams, like I said, they finished fourth pretty good overall. This was a tournament that Auburn ran away with. They finished minus 22 as a team for the tournament. This was 18 strokes better than Charlotte, who finished minus four. DU finished third at minus three, and CSU came in at fourth at even par, just ahead of Oregon and TCU, who both finished uh, plus two for the tournament. Better uh, than the Rams finished the year before. They finished fifth in the same event the year before but they have now finished in the top five in four of their last five events, and they hold a 66-9 head-to-head record. Pretty good stuff happening with this program. I want to shout out John Martin, the SID for CSU Men's Golf, also the SID for Men's Basketball. Hope you get well. I hope you recover soon. He had an injury, so... Definitely a tough situation, but he's doing a great job of keeping everybody up to date with these programs. All of this information, courtesy of him, uh, the Mountain West, CSU was 11-0 against the Mountain West, 6-0 against the Pac-12 over the last three years, 1-0 uh, against the Big Ten this year, 8-0 over the last three years, 6-3 against the SEC, and 1-1-1 and against the ACC. So what's really encouraging to me about this program is not that, you know, they're competing with the DUs and, and Wyoming's of the world. That's whatever. I, I expect CSU to compete with those schools at anything. Maybe not wrestling. Wyoming kind of dominates that. Or like men's hockey, obviously, if you're looking at DU. But golf, definitely. CSU should be competing with those. But when you're in the conversations with, with schools like Auburn and Oregon and TCU and, you know, I'll be honest, I don't know a ton about golf, especially when it comes to the the collegiate scene. But I do know that the power conferences kind of traditionally dominate. So the fact that the Rams are able to do this on a weekly basis, definitely, definitely really encouraging. And it, it's pretty cool to see. I'm hoping to see them continue at this pace uh, throughout the spring. It'll give us a lot of interesting things to talk about. So a nice start continues for CSU men's golf. Let's now pivot this conversation over to some of the women's sports on campus. CSU swimming finished fifth at the Mountain West Championships over the weekend. Uh, if you saw online, Skylar Williams absolutely killed it, set a school record on day one in the 100-meter dive event. Uh, six Rams in total qualified for the finals. Half of them ended up reaching the championship heat. Really, really successful weekend for CSU swim and dive as a whole. If you go over to csurams.com, you can find excellent uh, coverage with all of the information, quotes, all of that. 
from Mike Brohard. He is a swimming expert, if you will, has obviously been around the sport a ton, does a great job of, of getting those ladies some coverage that they definitely deserve. You know, I'll be honest, covering sports like swimming can be kind of intimidating for, you know, chumps like me. I have a I have a lot of respect for people that work at traditional papers and have to dip their feet into, you know, 15, 16 different sports, whatever it ultimately is that might be overestimating. I don't know. But you get the point. You know, the people that have to cover absolutely everything. I like to keep up with it all, but it's hard to, you know, really cover a team if you don't, you know, like genuinely understand the sport. Obviously, everyone understands swimming. You're trying to win the race, but... Mike genuinely gets the sport because he has daughters that swam competitively. He's been around it a bunch. So it's always just cool to get that perspective from somebody that that really, really understands the sport. So I do highly recommend that you check all of that out. Mike does a great job as their SID. He does a great job with all of their creative content. Uh, but I did want to make sure that we shouted him out and the coverage that he provided for CSU Swimming. It's in-house coverage but it's necessary and it's it's definitely cool. Now let's pivot over to CSU softball. They had a great weekend over at the Silicon Valley tournament, capped things off with an 8-0 win over Canisius. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. College uh, 4 4 and 1 in total over the weekend. What was what really stands out about this is they never gave up more than 2 runs in a single game. Lone loss was a 2-1 loss to Cal Poly on Friday. That's respectable. I mean, four and one over the weekend, especially after what was kind of a tough weekend the weekend before they kind of got, you know, ran down in Mexico by some superior competition. But they got back on track last weekend. Coming up next, they're going to go back to California for the Judy Garman Classic. This is one that I believe CSU plays in like pretty much every year. So another chance for the Rams to square off against some bigger schools. They're going to face... LSU and Michigan will also go up against Grand Canyon and Loyola Marymount. So nice little mix, but it's been a a pretty nice start for CSU softball. They've been kind of up and down in terms of some of the bigger teams, but it's clear that they're competitive and I think they're really going to be dangerous come Mountain West time. Do want to acknowledge their SID, Jeff Schmidt. If you don't get the picture here, I'm just trying to acknowledge all of the people behind the scenes. You know, SIDs by nature, it's it's their job, it's their profession to provide everybody with this information. It's it's a ton of work. So like I could just come up here and and read all this stuff that they send in the press releases and, and nobody would be the wiser, but I do appreciate it. I mean, I do my best to like verify this and, and dig in deeper, especially, you know, like softball. I go and read the articles, go figure out who they were playing, look at the box scores, all that kind of stuff. But just these like little tidbits, you know, all these, all the the pieces of information, like I mentioned with golf, they'd finished in the top five in, in all of their events this year. That's, you know, from the SIDs putting in the work, giving us that info. So I just wanted to make sure I did acknowledge that CSU has some great people working behind the scenes. All right, moving on, we got CSU women's tennis. Not going to spend a ton of time on this one, but they dominated South Dakota 6-1. to Rams now 4-0 all-time against the Coyotes. Shout out to Quinn Bauer, their SID, for that information. Okie dokie, now that we've covered what's happening in Agland, I do want to talk about this men's game Tuesday night against number 5 San Diego State. 
Huge game, huge conference implications. There's a couple of games this week that are really going to be big. I wrote about this. For our subscribers, definitely recommend that you go check it out. Got a couple of John Rothstein jokes in there. We stand John Rothstein on this podcast. Nothing ironic about it. I genuinely love that dude. Like, I think some people kind of follow John Rothstein because they think he's like a meme or a robot or whatever, but I respect the hell out of the hustle. And you can make fun of him for being corny, it's whatever, but he's done a tremendous job of branding the hell out of himself, out of always being there, and being a legitimate source for for information. Now you may be saying, Justin, why are you pandering? Well, I'll tell you guys. I'll tell you. John Rothstein follows me on Twitter, and it's a big deal to me. He, he only follows like a thousand people. Big deal that he follows me. I don't get that stoked about, you know, all of the Twitter follows. That's not true. I love each and every one of you guys. But Rothstein, Rothstein matters just a little bit more because he's, he's like kind of like my idol, you know? He's just a, a hardworking dude that gets to talk about college basketball for a living. And that, as we all know, is the dream. It's the American dream. But anyways, shout out to John Rothstein. That's my dude. Also, shout out to Ed Werder. Those are kind of like the two most famous people, I guess I would say, quote unquote, that follow me. Shaq Barrett, put him in the conversation too. Gonna get paid this off season. Before we jump into this hoops game though, I do want to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, Breck, the official beer of DNVR. Right now you can use the Breck Beer Locator to find your favorite Breck beer, find out where it is closest to you. This is gonna take all the inconvenience out of beer shopping. Honestly, there's nothing I hate more than going to a liquor store, realizing they don't have the beer that I want, and then doing that awkward pace where you kind of walk up and down the aisle, look at everything, do it again, walk past it again, hoping maybe the selection's going to get a little better. No more. All you got to do is use the Breck Beer Locator. It'll tell you exactly where you can find a 12-pack of Strawberry Sky. This is delicious. It's summertime in a can. It's just so convenient, so awesome. Shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. Cool, 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 cool. We are going to talk CSU hoops as I teased before the break there. But before we do, just pity me for a second and allow me to vent just momentarily. I won't take too long. What a absolute chaotic, dramatic, whatever you want to call it. The Bachelor was insane Monday night. I do have to, uh, spoiler warnings, spoiler warnings. I got to tell you, if you haven't seen the episode yet, this will give away a little bit, but Madison, wow, I can't believe she gave that ultimatum. I'm not going to talk about everything that happened because I do want to give people a chance to watch it still. I think we kind of knew it was coming because last week, you know, we knew that Madison, if, if you're not familiar with the show, Madison is one of the three final contestants at this point. She is from Alabama. Uh, specifically Auburn, very, very religious, is saving herself for marriage. It's all very respectable. I have no issues with this whatsoever. I did think it was weird that she waited until after she got a rose to tell him a lot of this, because so it's like, well, this is kind of a big deal. Maybe should have told him this like two or three weeks ago. I mean, if you if you started dating someone, you would want to know that kind of information relatively soon, I would think. That's just me. But ultimately, she gave him the ultimatum of like, if you sleep with anybody, because we're to the we're to the point of the series where they do the the fantasy suites. It's basically like a one on one. It's kind of awkward because like everybody's watching at home and, you know, like it's impl- heavily implied that they're going to bang in these fantasy suites. I mean, that hasn't in theory happened at this point of the show. So it's kind of a big deal if you're one of the 
the last two or three people, you made it to the fantasy suite. This is a big deal. It's where you kind of things get serious as it probably should. I mean, you're going to marry this person. But Madison gives him the ultimatum and is like, if you get intimate with somebody in a fantasy suite, I don't know if I'm going to be able to move forward with this relationship with you. And to me, as a college sports fan, I think about it like this. Imagine if you were being recruited. Now, you haven't signed your NLI yet. You have not signed on the dotted line. And you're going on your official visits. And this is something that happens. So this isn't really uh, all that wild of a comparison. But you're, you're on an official visit at, let's say, the University of Georgia. And Georgia tells you, you know, I know that you have official visits scheduled with, you know, Alabama and Ohio State coming up. But I just don't know that I would be comfortable going forward with our relationship if you went on that official visit with them. If you're that recruit, you're going to be like, what? I haven't signed anything yet. And if you're Pete in this situation, I'm going to be like, what? I haven't popped a question yet. There ain't no ring on no finger yet. You can't be giving me an ultimatum. He's technically dating multiple people. He's technically still in the recruiting process, if you will. But that was that's my big takeaway on The Bachelor for this week, at least, is just, wow, how have we gotten to this point? And how is Victoria F. still alive? You don't even have to watch the show to understand uh, what Victoria F. is. She's just like that dramatic, crazy girl that we all knew in high school. Very pretty, but also like just a hot mess. And every every episode, she's basically daring Pete to break up with him. It's like one of those just toxic relationships where it's like, I love you, I love you, but I hate you. And I, you never, I never make you happy, but I love you, don't leave me. Whatever, I'm over it. At this point, I'm team Hannah Ann all the way. Maybe Pete just needs to, to be single and find himself. We all reach that point. You know, sometimes you just got to be you for a couple of months or, or years or whatever the process is. You know, you got to take some time. You got to figure out what makes Pete tick. Because right now, man, he is just a thirsty dude, thirsty boy. And I don't have a lot of faith that any relationship that he has with these women is, is going to turn into something that lasts. But maybe I'm just a skeptic. Maybe I don't believe in true love. Maybe I'm just lonely. I don't know. But I am enjoying The Bachelor. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of drama. And I do think most sports fans would enjoy it just because it's so cutthroat. I understand that it's trash TV. I mean, you, you go into The Bachelor knowing exactly what you're getting into. It was like Jersey Shore. Uh, it's Honestly, it's a lot like the football talk shows to an extent. Like On the outside looking in, how absurd is it that people just every single day watch other people sit and talk about like NFL live or something, you know, we're, we're months away from the NFL season, but we do it because we love it. So that's, it's the same thing with the bachelor. You know, people watch it because they love the drama. Maybe it's not as quality as, as sports. I definitely don't think it is, but it's definitely entertaining. It's worth watching, especially in the spring when there's just not as much good television on in general, but that's enough about the bachelor. Let's talk hoops. Let's Jump into this big game against San Diego State. San Diego State, obviously, no longer undefeated. Got upset at home, nonetheless, by UNLV over the weekend. UNLV after running the Rams. They look like maybe the most dangerous team behind, like, Utah State right now. Nevada is is awesome, and it, it, Jalen Harris is a monster. If, if he just goes off for, like, 40 every game, then Nevada could very well win this whole thing. But at this point, UNLV is looking real, real dangerous. I mean, they owned San Diego State made some runs and, and they kept things close at the end. But for the vast majority of this second half, 
UNLV was up like 10 to 14 points. So this wasn't some some fluky upset or anything like that. UNLV was hands down the better team. The question, of course, now becomes, is San Diego State going to go into this Tuesday night matchup just pissed off and and beat the brakes off CSU? I don't know. We'll have to see. They could also come out, you know, kind of dejected and and a little bit lethargic. I think either response would be kind of natural. I mean, that's kind of humans when things don't go your way. Some people, they take it and, and they take their their determination just becomes that much greater. And maybe we'll see that with UNLV. Maybe that was like the humbling moment for them. And now they're just going to close strong and run the table in Vegas and head into the NCAA tournament. That's all possible. Or, you know, maybe they kind of hang their heads for a little bit. And, you know, we blew it. We were so close to being undefeated and they don't come out with enough energy. CSU, a young group, maybe just ignorant enough. And I, I, I mean this in a positive way ignorant, arrogant, whatever you want to call it, to to go into their place and be like, you want to know what? You hoop, we hoop, let's do this. CSU's played in some hostile environments. I don't think they're going to be intimidated. It's going to be loud. I mean, it's senior night for San Diego State. It's been an incredible season. Their fans are going to show out for them. They should show out for them. I'll be, I would be disappointed if it wasn't kind of a, a raucous environment, if we're being honest. I mean, that's good for college basketball. It's definitely something to keep your eyes on, though. For me, this game, it, it's going to come down to a couple of things. CSU can't turn the basketball over. They're going to have to shoot incredibly well from three because that's what the Aztecs do. They got shooters all over the floor. They're an incredibly efficient shooting team. They pass the ball well. They just score. They get buckets. That's what they do. Malachi Flynn is going to be the player of the year. If you beat San Diego State, you're going to have to you know, score some points. But you also just kind of have to like be dogs defensively, just absolutely relentless you got to be careful. You can't foul a bunch of shooters. That'll get you in trouble. I mean, in that San Jose State game, they fouled, God, what was it, like three shooters in the first couple of minutes? It was it was ridiculous. I'd never seen anything like it. If you do that against San Diego State, you're going to be screwed. Just give them a bunch of free free throws on top of what they're already going to score. Because let me tell you, they're going to get theirs. But if you're going to win this game, you got to knock down some threes, and you got to play relentless defense. you got to win the glass. you got to do the little effort things, four steals. It's, it's just got to be like one of those gritty performances. And that's what UNLV did. They played hard defense. They battled on the glass. They're a great rebounding team. We saw that against CSU. They dominated them. But they made an effort to do the little things. That's how you beat a team that is better than you. Because, you know, let's, let's face it. UNLV, or excuse me, San Diego State is, is definitely a better team than CSU is at this point in time. I mean, that's not even really a debate at this point. But it doesn't mean that the Rams should get punked or, you know, should get the, the break speed off them. To me, I, I think back to that game. Shoot, I guess it would have been 2013, 2014. I should have looked this up. This is actually just a thought that I just had right now. I think back to when CSU went to Gonzaga, uh, both with Tim Miles and with Larry Stacy, but they just, they I think they lost by like 40. 2013, I believe. They, they just absolutely got destroyed. I don't think it's going to be a situation like that. I'm not sure that the Rams can can upset San Diego State on the road at this point. It's not that I don't believe in the talent on CSU's roster or anything like that. I just I tend to believe that San Diego State is going to come out with focus. I think Brian Dutcher is a good coach, and I just think they want it at this point. I think it's kind of going to be a, oh, you think we're done type game. But ultimately, you know, this is a great test for CSU before you finish at home against Air Force on Saturday. You do your best. I mean, at this point, it's really looking like CSU might get locked into that sixth seed. It's not guaranteed yet. Boise State beating UNLV would help CSU's cause. 
you're not going to win the tiebreaker against Boise State because of head-to-head, but because you split with UNLV, it's going to come down to higher RPI ranking. At least if if these two teams ended up finishing tied, that is, it would come down to RPI ranking. So there's a lot at stake this week. I, I lined out all of the games that matter in that article. I'm not going to go over each and every one of them again, but these are kind of the two big games this week that you want to keep your eyes on. CSU at San Diego State and then Boise State at UNLV Wednesday night. Both of these games going to have just a, a great impact on you know what's ultimately what the seating is ultimately going to look like in Vegas. Really, really excited for the Mountain West tournament. I can't believe it's next week. It's Wednesday. Man, we're like eight days away. It's crazy. Where has the season gone? I'm so blessed that I get to do this for a living. Thank you to everybody that's listened. Thank you to everybody that continues to listen. Thank you to everyone that subscribes. You make all of this possible. Hope everyone enjoys the game Tuesday night. Hope everybody stays warm. I'm, I'm getting real tired of these nasty winds. Sounds like it's crappy down south as well, wherever you are, though. Hope you have a good night. Skinny looking kid with the cuff khakis Wearing graphic tees Feeling way too trendy Raps that kill Oh, I'm deadly Primed and ready Like machetes At a deli In New Delhi Feeling scummy Like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice But water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid With no car keys Like the only thing I drive Is RCRV's Got the stash Like Steve Harvey Oh, I'm gnarly Like non